Chicago 15, slot right, single receiver, Hester to the left. Press coverage, snap to Haney, throws it over the middle. Intercepted! Intercepted! DJ Rodgers in the end zone for the touchdown! Wisconsin Sports Trilogy presents the Packers Trilogy Podcast. Heyo, Packer fans, what's going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And I'm joined, as always, with my good buddy Tyler, a.k.a. T-Plush. You can find Tyler on Twitter, at Tyler Kurth. And we have a special guest on the podcast today. Mr. Scott Wilsons joins us. Uh, you can find Scott on Twitter, at Vanilla7Gorilla. Of course, Scott, I joke, I kid. Because we haven't, we haven't seen your face and heard your voice for quite a while on this podcast. I am happy to have you back. Um, really, really glad to have you here and talk, you know, about this upcoming Colts game, maybe a little bit about the Jags, and then I guess we'll have to deal with Tyler's voice as well. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I, I learned how to football, so <laughs> now I can talk about it again. You must also be participating in No Shave November with that mustache going on, so, ugh, yeah, jeez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's rough, it's... It's looking like your mom without pants on. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast. No, his dad does, though. <laughs> hey, Dad. <laughs> wow. We are like a minute and 45 seconds into this, and we are already <laughs> off the rails. That's good news. <laughs> All right. Um, before we get into this Packers-Colts game, let's go back and talk about the, this Jaguars game. Again, I think I said it 18 times on the recap podcast of this was a lackluster performance. Um, but now that we've had time to think about it, Tyler, what were your takeaways from this, this football game? Well, I decided to not go with anything negative and go with something positive out of this lackluster performance, and that was Kenny Clark. We talked about how he needs to step up. And per pro football focus, he had a grade of 84.2 in the run game against the Jags. That's the highest grade he's received since week seven of 2017 in a single game. So there are some positives like the dude is on the rise. I mean, I watched a bunch of like highlight films from the game from his standpoint. He was just shedding blockers left and right and just being disruptive. So he's building on some momentum here. We need him to keep it up. Scotty, what about you? What are your takeaways from this 24-20 victory over the Jags? Uh, I'm going to go with kind of the easy one. Uh, a lot of people were talking about MVS's performance. Uh, he caught four of his six targets for a total of 149 yards. Uh, he obviously, he had that deep one for 78 yards and got a nice little pick from the ref to run into the end zone there, but um, 
doing doing what we really need him to do. Um, kind of, I know that Trevor's always mentioned it. If we could get like one deep ball play from MVS, like a game, it's a it's a total game changer. And of course, in this game, it was the difference between a win and a loss. Um, and then one other quick thing that stood out to me was um, during the game when Rodgers tried to get um, too many men on the field. And um, he started bitching out EQ because he didn't he didn't take off. He wasn't running down the field um, like we've seen MVS do so many times now this year. So uh, it's nice to see him coming along. Hopefully he can keep holding on to the ball. Even that deep one he made, uh, was, uh, he bobbled that for a little bit, but still still made the play. So it was exciting to see it. Yeah, it definitely is. Making the play is the big thing. And it's not even like he has to get a big play. And even if that big play is, you know, a 40-yard play and not a touchdown, that's fine. Right. And it and like I said, it does I don't even think it has to be a big-time play. But the threat's got to be there. And you thinking that he could beat you deep at any point and he can actually catch the football is a big, big thing for this Packers offense, especially with the potential of Alan Lazard coming back, who got um, activated off of IR. We expected this if they didn't do it. I think it was by today that we're recording this on, on Wednesday, the 18th. If they didn't activate him by today, then we would not be able to see him the rest of the year, but they activated him on Tuesday. Um, We expected to see that doesn't mean he's going to play in the Colts game, but you know, having MVS be a threat, and if that's all he is, that's going to change this offense. And if he can consistently catch the ball, it's going to change this offense even more. Um, and, and the main reason for that is because he has game-changing speed, and hopefully he can continue to be consistent. That is the big thing. Be consistent with his hands, and he can be a absolutely phenomenal game changer for this Packers offense. Tyler, to your point, I think Kenny was very, very good in the run game. He was, he was incredible. I was very impressed with him. The one thing I'd like to see, you know, last year, Kenny Clark was, you know, up there close to Aaron Donald level in terms of interior pressure. And we have not seen that from him this year. So that's still something I would like to see him improve and get a little bit better at um, is getting, more pressures on the quarterback and helping out those edge defenders and making it easier for them because he's getting that interior pressure. Um, So I do agree with you that he was incredible in the run game, but I also think I'd like to see a little bit more from Kenny Clark. Um, One thing I want to mention is yes, MBS had a great game. Devontae Adams had an okay game. Aaron Jones, not very good. I think Aaron Rodgers had a pretty good game, Uh, but I want to see these skill position players, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, be, I don't want to see these dips. You know, Devontae Adams had a pretty rough go of it, two drops, which I think are pretty rough because the defense played extremely well. But we saw DeAndre Hopkins go up against three Buffalo Bills defenders and make an incredible play. And yes, Jeff Janice's uh, Hail Mary in Arizona was better than that, in my opinion, because Aaron Rodgers was getting destroyed as he let that ball go, rolling the same way, no time to get rid of it. Yes, Kyler's throw was incredible. Aaron Rodgers was better. Um, 
But I do think Devontae still has to come up with some of those plays. And, and if he wants to be the best receiver in the league, and I've said basically since we started this podcast that I think he's top three and not two or three, he's got to make those plays and he's, he can't put the ball on the ground. You know, it happens from time to time. But in that situation, you've got to keep the ball tight. You can't let that finger poke the ball out. Um, Aaron Jones, I thought, was bottled up extremely well. Credit the Jags defense. But also, he needs to make some explosive cuts. Um, I Watching the, the film back, and I'm putting up a YouTube video, so check that out. There was times when I was watching that that Aaron Jones was just not hitting the holes hard or fast enough because um, they were there briefly. And by the time he was getting through them, then they were closing uh, which might be a little bit on the offensive line as well, but I think Aaron Jones typically gets through those. Let's move ahead to the injury report. As always, the Packers got a crap ton of players on the list. So let's start with the did not participate. Did not participate. Well, um, Equinemia St. Brown did not participate with a knee injury. Um, Montrevious Adams with a toe and Tyler Irvin with wrist slash ribs. Limited participants, Robert Tanyan with an ankle, Darius Shepard with a shoulder injury, J.K. Scott with a back injury, probably because he got juked out of his fucking shoes, um, Will Redman with a shoulder injury, Mercedes Lewis with a knee, Alan Lazard, of course, with that core, he was limited, um, Kadar Holman was limited with quadricep. Jair Alexander was limited with a concussion slash hand. And Devontae Adams was limited with an ankle. That Jair Alexander thing is kind of strange to me because he's still in concussion protocol, but he was allowed to practice on a limited basis. Like, that just seems weird. I feel like you should have to be cleared from that completely. Um, But he did participate in a limited fashion. Full participants that were listed, David Bakhtiari, Kevin King was a full participant. That is very good news. Vernon Scott, Billy Turner, and Rick Wagner. So let's get into the Colts injury report here. A little bit shorter. They had a lot more on the did not participate side, though. Um, Carl Wills, the safety, did not participate. Kenny Moore, the cornerback, did not participate. Justin Houston, that's a name you should know, uh, did not participate, but that was non-injury related. Jack Doyle, the tight end, did not participate with concussion. And Trey Burton, again, a tight end, did not participate with – that was non-injury related as well. And there are limited participants. There's three of them. Julian Blackman, he's a safety. Mo Cox, another tight end. And Kimoko Ture, he's a defensive end for them, did not participate with an ankle injury. So let's get into this football game now that we've heard the injury reports. What is – the thing these Green Bay Packers need to do against a tough Colts defense to win this football game? I think I'm going to say get that rushing game going. Um, continue pushing with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams showed up big last game. Uh, so getting those two involved some more. I know Tyler Irvin had that injury. Uh, we'll see if he gets back into the grind too, but uh, when you look at Indiana's de- uh, Indianapolis's defense, they're rushing yards per game. They're 20th in the league for allowing. Um, so I, I just think that it'd be good to get that going. Uh, kind of get Aaron Jones back into the into the rhythm, too. We've been not giving him the ball quite as much the last couple games, kind of just trying to 
reacclimate him to everything. So uh, I think it'd be a good week to um, to make sure we get him involved and get him going again. Yeah, I agree, Scott. And kind of branching off you, my thing that we need to do win this game is the offense just needs to show up. We didn't really against Jacksonville, and now you're going up against a really stout Colts defense that's allowing less than 20 points a game. And if you're the Packers, you need to put some points up. You need to get close to your season average of 30 against this tough defense because if this game becomes a shootout, which I don't anticipate it really would, I'd trust the Packers more to win this game. If it's a bruising, low-scoring-ish type game, I don't like the Packers' chances in that scenario. So LaFleur needs to to juice it up a little bit. He kind of lacked that motion and creativity last week, I thought. So get back to what we're doing good here. Um, the offense needs to put up close to 30, I think. And then um, before, Trevor, you mentioned your points here, I will go full LAT mode on you here and say it is not strange that Jerry Alexander was practicing on a limited basis. It's actually a good sign because part of the concussion protocol is you have to do non-contact drills before you can move into full contact or like practice with the team. So I would assume that's what he's doing, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> no, no, I will take your word for it. That sounds like probably what he was doing at practice. And that makes a lot of sense. And that's why we have an athletic trainer on the program. Um, the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> Completely kidding, Tyler. Completely yeah. And, kidding. and this is why we have a counselor on it. So I can <laughs> help after the bully. So when I start making a Trevor's mom joke, you can counsel him. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fair game. <laughs> All right. Um, so Scott, can you tell me again the stat you said about their rushing defense? Um, no, I cannot <laughs> because I was stupid and I read the wrong thing. That's their rushing offense. I was going to say, their rush defense is pretty good, I thought. Um, yeah, uh, I think, you know, even getting, even with a good rush defense, getting some sort of semblance of a rush game is going to be important, I think, helping getting this offense going in general, if you get ahead of the sticks a little bit, you know, you're in second and six instead of, you know, first and 10 or second and 10 or second and nine, something like that. That's going to be advantageous for your offense. That means you could run the ball again. That means pretty much any pass is open. Uh, You can do anything you want on second down type of thing. So to me, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Tyler, I I agree with you a lot. You know, this offense just needs to show up. And part of that, and you mentioned it, is Matt LaFleur. We we need to see more of Matt LaFleur. And I'm going to have a video coming out later this week of me talking about I I felt like there was a lot more Mike McCarthy-type stuff. Spread them out five wide. Um, Obviously, wasn't always receivers all the time, but five wide – whether that be running backs, tight ends out there as well, you you know what's coming in that situation. So it just felt like more like Mike McCarthy's offense rather than Matt LaFleur's. Maybe that's a we're kind of playing it close to the close to the team, not letting the Colts see anything more, and they're gonna have some designs coming out that, you know, are unscouted looks, things like that. That would be awesome. Against this defense, you're probably gonna need that. Uh, but hopefully Matt LaFleur is going to come out with a better game plan because, like Tyler mentioned, we didn't see a lot of that motion. We didn't see a lot of that 
innovative play design and and things that we have been seeing all year. So that was my big thing was I wanted to see Matt LaFleur come out and have a good game plan. I think this is the time that the, the offense needs to win the game because the Colts offense is not great. Um, we're, we should be able to stop them. Even with a great offensive line, their offense overall is just not very good. But their defense is very, very, very good. And that's something that, you know, like Tyler said, I think if we get in a shootout, it's going to be a little bit concerning because I trust the Indianapolis defense to get a stop first compared to our defense. Um, so when our defense is hopefully playing a little bit better, playing well, stopping the run, getting at Phillip Rivers, all of those types of things, hopefully the offense can build a lead to help us play from ahead. Because if we play from behind with these guys, it's going to be very, very tough to come back. So I think getting out ahead early and Matt LaFleur is going to play, play a big part in that. Let's move ahead to our key stats and or matchup. Tyler, let's start with you. What is your key stat for this one? Yeah, so I'm going to combine my stats and matchup into one here. So the matchup is basically going to be like the turnover battle. Obviously, the Packers struggled with that last week for the first time, like pretty much all year with the terrible Rodgers interception, the Devontae fumble, as you were talking about earlier. And this Colts defense is damn good at forcing turnovers. They have six forced fumbles on the year, 11 interceptions to go with 21 sacks. And then you combine that between their defense and special teams, they have four touchdowns on the year. At one point, like early on in the in the year, they were the most scoring defense in the entire NFL. I don't know if that's true or not at this point in the season, but still, you don't see four defensive touchdowns all that often in an entire season. And we're what week? What are we? Ten or eleven now? I can't even remember. So, winning the turnover battle, I think, will play an important role. And defense kind of goes along with special teams. I thought if you watched Thursday Night Football a couple weekends ago when it was the Colts and the Titans, the Colts did a really good job on special teams. They got a block punt in that game. They were constantly flipping the fields uh, in terms of positioning. So those little things is what I'm looking for this week. And Scott, what is your stat or matchup that you're looking for in this game? I'm going to look at our uh, defensive ends, our edge rushers. Um, Zadarius has picked up his game. Uh, and last week I was really excited to see Rashawn Gary. Even he didn't necessarily get a whole ton of sass, but he uh, he was getting on the quarterback the whole time, especially at the end of the game, which is really encouraging to see. Now, now I'd love to see Preston Smith step up there. Uh, it's... Uh, it's been kind of painful to see it this year because he was so good last year. Um, and I, that's another player, kind of like I was talking about Aaron Jones, seeing him kind of get more involved. I'd really love to see him on the defensive side uh, get involved there as well. Yeah, that that outside linebacker group is going to be important, I think, the rest of the year. I think they can help this defense more than any one unit. You know, getting Kevin King back, getting Jair Alexander back is going to be huge. But also, if we start getting a pass rush, and you you should and can include Kenny Clark in this, and, you know, even to a lesser extent, guys like Kingsley Kiki, uh, Montrevious Adams, who's looked better this year, 
guys like that also can step up and, and get some interior pressure. That's going to help those outside guys. And we just need to see more from the pass rush as a whole. I think that's going to be important in this game. Um, you know, sending guys at Phillip Rivers, I think, is going to be important. Whether that be, you know, run blitzing early to not allow them to get ahead of the sticks, you know, getting in third and eight plus and, and bringing a blitz and, and disguising different blitzes, bringing four and getting a free rusher. Mike Patton did that last year. I don't think I've saw that once this year. Um, you know, there's times where he sends five or six guys, but there's also times where he's dropping eight, nine people into coverage sometimes. So let's get at Phil Rivers and make him, who is mostly a stationary target back there, make him move, make him get off his spot, make him get off his read, most importantly, and get at the quarterback. I think that's going to be important, even though he is a veteran. Um, he's a good player in this league. He's a good quarterback, but he's also a guy that I feel like because he's so stationary, you can get at him a little bit and wreck the game plan for the Colts. Um, I want to mention, of course, the DVOA stats, as I always do. Uh, we'll start with the Colts. Offensively, they're ranked 18th. Um, their pass offense is ranked 20th per DVOA. Rush is 18th, again, per DVOA. That defense that I mentioned, very, very, very good. Fourth overall, and they're also fourth in the pass, fourth in the rush. Very consistently good. They don't have a weakness on defense. So that is why I think Matt LaFleur is going to play a big role in this game. He's got to get that defense over pursuing, doing different things. Um, and hopefully he has some unscouted looks because the Packers are going to need to be doing that to beat this defense because they are that good. Special teams, they're ranked sixth. Overall, per DVOA, they are ranked fifth. They were sixth last week overall. Packers offensively it's kind of flip-flopped here uh for the colts and for the packers it's strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness it's offense ranked second it was ranked second last week again against that fourth ranked colts defense the pass is third was third last week the rush went down a little bit it is 13 this week was nine last week defensively per dvoa they're ranked 16th Again, against a 18th-ranked offense per DVOA. Um, so it's definitely strength versus strength and weakness versus weakness in this game. The pass defense is ranked 16th currently. Last week it was 22nd. Rush, 22nd. Last week it was 20th. Uh, the special teams took a big hit, clearly. We knew that was coming. Uh, ranked 24th, they were 13th, and they had been top 15 all year. So that is a big, big, big drop for them. Overall, Packers team is ranked seventh. That's where they were last week. And that's kind of what we can expect, you know, moving one, maybe two either way or staying about the same is what we're going to expect from here on out. We're, we're far into the season. You know, we kind of know the top 10 teams in the league. Um, and, and this Colts and Packers teams are definitely in that um, vicinity. They're very good teams. I, I mentioned that this Colts defense or offensive line, excuse me, has been very good this year and they actually dropped significantly. When I was talking about them uh, before the Jaguars game, uh, I mentioned that I their run block uh, adjusted line yards was above the Packers. 
Well, they dropped, even though Naheem Hines had a great game um, against the Titans, or a pretty good game. He They dropped to 23rd in adjusted line yards. The Packers are 7th, um, so that's a pretty big jump there. And then pass blocking, they are a pretty good pass block team. I think they were 7 last week. They are now 8 this week. Packers, still top 3 in pass protection. Um, you know, that adjusted sack rate is what Football Outsiders is looking at. So a good pass protecting team in Indianapolis, top their eighth in the league. Um, their adjusted line yards, which is basically the run block win rate type of thing, um, is 23rd in the league. So that definitely went down. Uh, so hopefully that means that this Packers defense doesn't, implode and can't tackle Jonathan Taylor or Hines because those are two good running backs that they have coming up. Do you guys have anything else on this game before we get to our predictions? I just think your DVOA stats are always interesting. Like how does the defense always keep creeping up? Because the last couple of weeks we've been playing really terrible teams, which, you know, the defense has not given up as much points, but now we're 16th overall. So I know like opponent, like how good they are factors into that. But are you surprised by the 16th ranking or do, do you think it makes sense? No, I do think it makes sense. I think Packer fans as a whole, I think we hit on the defense too much, especially the run defense, you know. We definitely gave up over 100 yards to the Jags on the ground. Um, but I think for the most part, you take the Jags game, the second Vikings game, and maybe you can add in that Buccaneers game, but that was mainly because the Buccaneers were just trying to run out the clock. But those three games have been the big hits in terms of the run defense. Other than that, you know, we know this pass defense can be pretty effective. And if we get those pass rushers back to what we saw last year, they are going to be extremely effective. Um, so I, I do think it does make some sense. You know, this team isn't great by any means. DVOA for defense, we are, you're hoping to be as negative as possible. So the best team in the league right now is Tampa Bay. They're negative 22 Pittsburgh's second at negative 20.4, and it kind of goes down from there. Chicago's 19.8, negative 19.8. So you kind of see what the top teams are. The Packers are slightly positive. So, again, you want to be negative in this regard. Kind of zero is that average. Typically, that's going to be the average. You want to be better than that. Uh, The Packers are 3.2, and so slightly below average, I feel like that's a adequate representation of where we're at. I I think people are complaining a little bit too much about the defense. I think, you know, there's times where it's definitely frustrating and they need to be better and all of those types of things. But you look back against the Jags, give up 20 points against the 49ers, 17, not great teams. But then you look at some offenses that are good Vikings, we lose that game. That's a good offense. Like, the defense isn't very good, and the offense needs to score more than 22 points in that game. But the the defense allows 28. If the defense allows 28 against the Vikings, in that Vikings defense, 
you're feeling pretty confident that you're going to win that football game. Against the Texans, which is a good offense, not a good team, but a good offense, they give up 20. Um, you know, you look back to the Falcons, again, not a good team, good offense, 16 points. You know, this this team doesn't play terribly defensively. And there's games, obviously, where they give up a lot of points. Tampa Bay, the Saints, they give up 30 the first Vikings game, they give up 34. A lot of that is on some bullshit uh, fourth quarter points that didn't really matter. But, you know, you look at that Saints and Buccaneers game as the worst. And if you think back outside of last year, you would be ecstatic if there was two games where the Packers gave up and technically three. But those three games, they give up 30 plus and that's it. And that's Vikings, Saints, Buccaneers. All pretty damn good offenses. So to me, it, it does make some sense that this defense is 16th and they do kind of keep creeping up as long as they don't have a terrible game. I think they will kind of stay where they're at or kind of creep up even more because they they have faced these teams that they have given up 30 plus points to. Minnesota, top 10 per DVOA at 10. Tampa Bay, 8. New Orleans, 6. Outside of that, they haven't given up 30 points. So to me, it makes some sense that that is where they're at. And the offense can't have those down games like they did in Tampa Bay and like they did in Lambeau against the Vikings and really against the Jags again. So let's get into our score predictions. Scott, why don't you lead us off here? What is your score prediction for the Packers-Colts game? I have it. In another close game, um, I'm going to go Packers 27 to 24. Uh, I'm going to say that towards the end of the game, defensive defensive kind of tighten up and uh, get a get some field goals going um, just because teams aren't able to really punch it in towards the end. That's my prediction. I'm along the same boats. I went 27 to 20. I think it is a one-touchdown game. I think the Packers are able to to kind of fend off this Colts offense, which hasn't been really consistent all year, hold them to a couple field goals. I think in the end, the Colts might get a chance to tie the game, but it's going to be desperation time. Uh, I wanted the Packers to get to 30. I think we're going to fall just a little short of that, as I said, in 27. But all the same, I think this defense is going to do enough to get us this win here, holding the Colts to 20 points. Yeah, I I like both of your predictions. I you nailed it on the head, Tyler. This Colts offense is not very good. And you look back at some of their losses specifically. Score 20 against the Jags. That was week 1. Um their next loss against the Browns, they scored 23. Against the Ravens, they scored 10. I don't think the Packers defensively are quite the same team as the Ravens, but also the Ravens aren't spectacular defensively. So if we are able, that is a big thing, right? Scott, you mentioned their drive, or I forget which one of you mentioned now, um, they're driving down for a late touchdown to win the game. I, I see this pass rush coming up big again, like they did against the Jags. Shouldn't have happened in that game. We should have been out ahead a lot further than that. Um, but I see in that last drive, Mike Pettin dialing it up a little bit, maybe. If not, I see Zadarius, Preston, Rashawn Gary 
hopefully Kenny Clark making and wreaking havoc on Phillip Rivers. I do think the Packers are able to edge this out, and I think it's a very, very close game. And I think it's relatively low scoring, um, kind of like you guys are saying. But I'm going to go actually a little bit lower uh, because – I saw this team not be able to put up points against the Jaguars, and that concerns me. But I do think Mike Pettin is going to do something defensively to make Phil Rivers not be able to score points. So I think the Packers win, and it's going to be 20-17. to 17. Very, very low scoring, especially for the Packers. You hope that this offense gets on track, but this is a very, very tough defense to get on track. And the defense is going to win us a game win us another game because I think they won us that Jaguars game um, as well so that's what I'm kind of predicting I'm not seeing a high scoring game here just because that defense for the Colts is so good and the defense and the offense ranked wise per DVOA for the Colts and the Packers the Packers defense Colts offense is ranked pretty similarly so I don't see a lot of changes there and a lot of discrepancies and I think the Packers are going to come out and play well after they did not play extremely well against a bad team they're going to come out and play a good football game and they're going to just edge the Indianapolis Colts who are a good football team so that's going to be it for us this week make sure you guys check out our Bucks coverage Scott we're back Right? We recorded a podcast that was completely obsolete hours later. By the time <laughs> it was posted, I think it was obsolete. Um, check out our Brewers content. Tyler just did another Brew Crew Tuesday by himself, so make sure you're checking that out. Uh, best way to get all of our content, follow us on our social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, now Instagram, um, at Trilogy underscore pod for all of those. Make sure you're checking us out there and on YouTube the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy Podcast there. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack. GPG.